How important is it to meet together, break bread together, and study the Word of God together? In this episode, you'll find out. The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, what's up? Hello. I am excited. That would, I would be concerned. <laughs> I would think some, some demon snatched my husband if he right. wasn't excited. Oh, so, any, anytime we're talking about the word of God, anytime we get the breakdown <laughs> in the Bible, anytime we get to, to get a little bit of sustenance in us and learn more about like how people do things and what's out there for us. And yeah. it, it, it's encouraging. Yeah. It builds us up. And I think today's guest is going to be awesome for that. Yes. Yes. So we're talking about something. We actually just had our life group last night. And if you're listening on the day we drop. We'll have just had another life group the night before, and we really value what we have. We have something special in our life group, and we don't just study the word. We don't just do just sitting around breaking bread. We do all of it, so we call it life group. And so we decided to bring on someone amazing that has amazing resources as well. You'll get to hear about all of that. But Robbie Engel is the president and CEO of True Face, and he lives in Dawsonville, Georgia, with his wife, Emily. They have eight wonderful children, so you know he's got some wisdom there, too. And True Face equips people to experience the freedom of living beyond the mask. When we increase trust in our relationships, we are able to experience being more authentically known and loved by God and others. So welcome, Robbie. It's awesome to have you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's so fun to be on here. And I don't know about other people listening to this, but I'm a fan just because it's not too often you get to listen to podcasts with like a cute couple, you know? Uh, Thanks. It's part of it's why I'm a fan and why I'm excited to be here. Well, thank awesome. you. I think we did talk last time about a double date on Zoom. Yeah. And something. potentially bringing her on to talk about the wisdom she has surely gleaned. With all of those kids and just with Christ in general, I you mean, know, we have one kid and I'm like eight. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> but that's cool. That's, that's I mean, I, I think that if I was going to have more kids, it clearly have to be a little, just a little older so that she can start helping. Right. But no, there's built in community there. Right. right there's right. definitely built in community a little different than in a house with one. Right. But so, yeah, Emily, so we can do round two with Emily. Exactly. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I think that's, that's what we need to do. So, so we're talking about meeting together. Yeah. Breaking bread together, mm-hmm. how that looks, how sometimes it could be intimidating, especially if you're trying to start a life group mm-hmm. or you're trying to start a Bible study, you're trying to start something up because you're like, oh, I want community. I mm-hmm. want to get together. I want to do things. But what am I going to do? Right. How do I how do Man, I make this happen? He, this guy knows. Yeah. This guy knows. Yeah. So so what I know in the description I read, it says, you know, behind the mask. How does that play into building community when you're helping somebody figure that out? Well, I mean, because we're human beings, like I think we can rally behind an innate universal longing that we all long to be loved, to experience love. Like I'm a I was a professional counselor before going into group stuff and the dynamics of relationships, longings, fundamental desires. There's nothing more significant than to be loved. And there's a connection in being loved to being known. And so we can we be loved without being known and being known is a catalyst to experiencing what we're made for and long for, which is loved. And so when we're talking about community relationships there, this, there's nothing more central to our design than relationships of love, which is connected to being known, which is authenticity, trust, all right. these dynamics. And so it's like, 
like we could talk about this the rest of our life and be really close to the essence of our longing and spiritual formation and discipleship because I don't know about y'all, but just to go in there quick, Jesus defined discipleship by the way you love one another. Right. Right. By this, they'll know that you're my disciples. By the way you love one another, love is relational. And so this is pretty critical. And because Jesus said, this is it, love God, love others. That's Mm -hmm. how they'll know that you're my disciples. So we could, I mean, I've spent half my life trying to understand the art and the science of relationships that lead to love because we all want it. And we don't know how to experience it. We all feel stuck. We want more intimacy with God and others. And we just feel stuck because it's hard and it takes a lifetime of learning and practicing and maturing and growing. And it's part of the journey of following Jesus. It's fun. I like that growing part, Mm -hmm. you know, growing. I think that some people can get to a point where like, I've grown all I can grow. And then there's the other people like, man, I'm never going to get anywhere. And it's kind of like you learn this balance, like you're talking about a balance of, of how God works because mm-hmm. God is a God of balance. And so therefore, like if he sits there and tells me, you know what, I'm performing a good work in you until you come and see me. And I'm like, okay, that means I got some, I got, I got a little bit. I can float on. I'm like, I don't have to take it so serious. And, and like, am I getting it right? Am I not getting it right? Take some, some comfort in knowing that you're being worked on. And it's a constant thing, it, you know, that, 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 that constant sanctification that he's performing in our life. Right. I, think, I think that in community is what's cool. And as we're talking about community in that, we start to learn that because especially if you have a group of people that are transparent, they're authentic, that really sit mm-hmm. there and have these conversations, like real life comes out in our group, like especially in our group. And I'm sure yeah. you've experienced it well when you get in that, that group of people that are like, I'll just talk about anything right now. And they really open up and it starts to bring comfort mm-hmm. because they start to realize, wait, I'm not the only one. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that being open and transparent is a game changer. Yes. And it takes someone being courageous to lay out some stuff that you wouldn't normally lay out, I think, because like you said, it's scary to step out from behind the mask, especially if you're new to Christ or you're new to a church, maybe through church hurt or bad stereotypes you've seen or experienced People can be mean. People can be judgy. People can gawk at you when you say that you're dealing with something or you've been in a certain way of life. And so then you come into this group of people and maybe you're the new person and they have a choice of having set a culture where like they just instantly feel like, okay, these people are real and open and they'll they'll accept it. Or if it's like this feels unsafe, like I think I have to wear this mask here. Right. I want to I want to I'm going to ask you a question from two sides of this, because mm-hmm. I think it's important that we we look at one a couple sides of this, the side that attends and the one that leads <laughs> like so on the, the leadership side, on the one who would put it together and bring it in. What are some qualities mm-hmm. that you would say really open up the group for authenticity and transparency? Yeah, I, I think what what you're speaking to is that a couple principles, one God has designed us to grow through the context of relationships, but it's difficult. And so for all of us out there going, man, like my group, my leadership, this is just difficult. We long for it. We're designed for it. It's difficult. And to the leadership of an environment that hopefully leads to growth, connection, all this beautiful stuff that we long for and we want to experience, the leader is the key. And what as attribute of a leader that differentiates a great leader from a lame leader, 
uh, meaning great leaders create environments that are transformational and mm. freeing and safe and authentic. A great leader is intentional and they're, they're consistent in, in, in regards to modeling what they want to replicate, which is authenticity. So mm-hmm. you, a leader can't be authentic unless there's a inward health and soundness rooted in their identity and their theology. Mm-hmm. So a great leader um, is has a right view of God in themselves, and that leads to a shame-free identity, which allows them to model vulnerability. Because, Michelle, what you said earlier, yeah, vulnerability begets vulnerability. Right. And so a leader modeling vulnerability is one of the greatest things they can do to give others permission and a model to experience the freedom that is connected to being more known in order to be more loved. And so leaders listening, you don't need to know the Bible as much as you think you do in order to lead others to create an environment that's conducive for their spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. What you what you need to be reminded of is that God loves you, that you are righteous, that you are son and daughter of the king. And out of that security of your identity, you can let people know the worst of you, the best of you, and you can model vulnerability because we're all we're all longing for that. And you get the opportunity as a facilitator, leader, whatever, to, to be that example and unlock and create that space that all of us are looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I was joking the other day with some of the people that come to our life group. I was like, we've got that like rough and tumble life group where it's like, because I was, I was inviting someone that hasn't come before. I was like, do not even worry. We've got the rough and tumble. We've done it all between all of us. We've done it all, seen it all. No one will be shocked. You'll probably get six hugs and five. I was theirs. Like, just come. It's going to be great. And there were some others like, absolutely. And I think that one of the things that I think it's important for listeners to know is you don't have to be the person who's done it all and seen it all. Like you don't have to be the the tatted guy who used to have like 16 piercings that's been through everything to have an authentic group. You just have to have sin that you ha- that you are trying to stomp out with the help of the Holy Spirit and then share that with your group. Like that's what we're talking about about authenticity is right. you don't have to make up extra hardness. You just have to be real and show your flaws as well as your like strengths and overcoming qualities, right? Well, well said. And, and it's obviously the, it, it's frequently the people that, uh, have it too buttoned up that are the worst leaders, you know? Mm. And, and, uh, like I loved, I was responsible for like finding hundreds of leaders to lead small groups for the sake of spiritual formation. And I looked for people in recovery groups, AA, <laughs> yes. like, those were the best leaders, because they led with humility and and check this out right pride says i can humility says i can't chief sin chief virtue humility says i can't which leads to trust Mm. Uh, and so trust a simple definition is means i let you know me you meet my needs you love me and that when i trust you i allow you to love me And when you trust me, you allow me to love you because love is the just being seen, soothed, safe and secure. These needs that we have. I like the definition of love is love is the process of meeting needs, like being seen, soothed, safe and secure. Innate needs to be loved. And so check that out in humility, which means I can't 
that leads to trust, which means I'll let you know me and meet my needs because I can't meet those needs. Right. In turn, we experience authentic relationships of love, which is Jesus, right. evangelism, <laughs> relationships. It's so simple and so complex that in community and relationships, that is our training ground as Jesus followers to practice this stuff that's so com- complex and so simple that's like where the church is off and why mm-hmm. this next generation is going through deconstruction because the church <laughs> has missed that as the essence of for- this is so boxy now y'all can cut all this out but that's <laughs> what the capital C church is missing of the essence of relationships yeah. as a catalyst for growth the way a relational God has designed us to grow through relationships of love we focused on knowledge acquisition and missed the the DNA that Jesus modeled. If anything, we'll just add a womp, 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 womp before it starts. <laughs> we ain't cutting that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's complete truth. Because when I when I think about the sign-up sheet, so we had a Sunday picnic <laughs> with ministry sign-ups. And there were some things like evangelism, and there were like 12 names deep on that thing. And then Ooh. there were a few, praise God, had two or three. That's really all they really need at one time. My daughter signed up to greet people and spelled her own name, praise, you know, like all this. And then I looked at the life group sheet, and it was just blank. And I don't know if people thought I need to sign up. For, we have a lot of people plugged into a life group. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's that's a blessing. And they're all great life life groups. We're not like a three, 400 person church or anything, but I don't know if they didn't sign up because they were like, I don't want to start one. Or if they were just like, Oh, I'm already in one. I I think we didn't. I'm going to be fair. I don't think we explained it well enough (laughs) as leaders, but anyways, whole nother story, but go ahead. But (laughs) we've always had this, this like reluctance from people to start life groups. And I think it's because they think they need to know so much Bible because they think they need to have all the answers rather than when you when you're raising a kid and you don't know the answer. You're like, well, let's look it up together. We could do that in a life group, but I think a lot of people are intimidated and they're like, well, I'm not Shay or I'm not pastor so and so or I'm not, you know, whoever whoever's leading this this life group. And so I like what you said that it is so much about relationship and Mm. humility and saying, hey, you know what, I don't know the answer, but let me teach you how to find it. (laughs) Or 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 just search it with you. Exactly. Because hold on, our life group, the guy who ran it, he was Navy. And 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 I was following these guys didn't even understand me. (laughs) I would speak in my language, because I'm coming (laughs) off the streets and military and everything else. And they're like Huh? Like, what does he say? And then she would break it down in church, church and knees is what I call it. Which I just showed up. So I don't know how I knew church and knees. <laughs> but but hey. you did. Somehow you worked in there. But when they left, I, I'm sitting there like, it had nothing to do with, man, I can run this, teach this. No, I wanted to be together with people and talk about Jesus. Yeah. And, and so I'm looking at the at pastor. I'm like, I'll, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> and he was like, Go ahead. Like, right. what a perfect pastor. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, is this the most, like, has he been to college, theological school? No. But he's he he's wants to do it because of what exactly what you're saying. Well, People coming together in love and, and, and wanting to, to learn this relationship with Jesus so that we become beneficial in our own relationships. I, I think for all, of, like, anybody listening to this, to echo what you just said, Shay, which was so good. I think we can actually make this practical. Like if we, even the three of us and anybody listening to this, like if we gave descriptors mm. of an environment 
a gathering of Christians who come together for the sake of loving each other, figuring out this way of following Jesus together, which is the ecclesia, the church. Right. Like, like if we all describe like what kind of environment do we want to be a part of to fellowship and follow Jesus together? We could give descriptors to that mm-hmm. and they would be pretty similar. And that is what we're talking about right. here, what we're right. looking for. And who cares what you call it? Life group, cell group, whatever group. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're not on our lists. We're not coming in and going, man, I wish pastor so-and-so would just teach us. No, we're not looking for, that's not making the list. You know, like, man, we're talking about, we're describing an environment of grace, of trust, where we live beyond the mask, where we know each other, where we love each other, where we process with safety and authenticity and realness. So that's describing a group. Mm. And if all of us listening right now, think about the people who have had the most impact on our own lives in regards to loving us deeply which impacts us. A lot of us are thinking about the attributes, the principles of a Jesus follower that just loved well, not taught well, not exegeted scripture well, because they went to this seminary, whatever. And like, we think about that person to remind ourselves that there's no excuses of like, well, I'm not this or that. I can't impact. I can't create these environments. I would say almost everybody listening to this has relationships of influence that they can love well and right. lean into this. And so that's what we're talking about here. Like we're not talking about like things to learn, best practices to lead a group. We wouldn't write any of that or want to be a part <laughs> of that. So it's like take away the excuses that we all have. Like I'm not ready. I'm not equipped. As the professional groups guy who's written books on this stuff, you are. Sorry, right. I right. take your excuse away. Like we we get to love people well as Jesus followers. We're all called to do that. That's the master plan of evangelism, and no one's excused from that. We right. are the priesthood. We are all priests. Mm-hmm. And how he how fun us. is it to learn? Like mm-hmm. learn together. Like yes. you know, oh. break it down, get into the hermeneutics of it, and just mm-hmm. like see what the Bible's saying. And I mean, yes. okay, you know. As, as much as it gets beat up, like Chosen. You can sit down with a group of people, see Chosen, and watch this. Maybe not everything aligns to what you believe or what you think, or maybe they add a little bit of something, but the historical settings yeah. like kind of bring you into that moment, and you're like, wait. Because sometimes you think, like, they walk through the, like, you, until, you I'm sorry. You love talking about I this. I love it, and I said it a couple times, because I never thought, like, this, it drove me to see distances, that Jesus and his disciples walked and then take that farther, the apostle Paul, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. And so we get these, we get this like, okay, Jesus here, Jesus there. But uh, the amount of time that Jesus and the disciples spent together, probably fighting, (laughs) probably bickering, probably loving, you know, you know, they're, you know, all of these emotions and coming together, but they were together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And it's like, Wow. It just amazes me. <laughs> yeah, I think about what, you, what you're what you both saying and how I've actually heard from some people who they really value, you know, sitting there and getting really studious in the word of God. And I want to shout them out and say, yes. that's not what we're saying. That's oh, yeah, yeah. totally possible to in a group like this. <laughs> sure. But I also want to say that sometimes 
if you happen to be in the in the group that is like, well, hey, actually, I just really want to learn the Bible. I don't need to know nobody's life. I don't need any food. I came to learn the word. I would encourage you to prayerfully exam- have the Lord examine your heart because it's not just about hearing the word of God. It's about doing what it says. And what does the word of God say? It kind of says in, in, my, in my own translation to get up in people's business and love on them. Not to get nosy and meddlesome, but to meet the needs of one another, to love one another, to pray for one another, to cry with one another, to rejoice with one another. And if you're so focused on learning the verses, but yet you're you're so distracted, like, well, when I learn the verses, I can live it out. Well, how about let's live it out while we learn the verses? And one of the best ways to do that is to have that group of people that you can get cozy and authentic with. And maybe you only study two verses tonight. But the reason behind only two verses tonight is because you're praying deeply for people. Someone asked a really good question about application. And now you're figuring out how to walk in this, which Mm -hmm. is more. Not everyone has access to the Bible all the time. Not everyone can read. God still said, do these things, right? He never said, memorize the whole Bible. Right. But he did say to do certain things that like walking in love. And you can learn those things by being around mm. those people and practicing it in this group setting. And what's cool is those people have a lot of, one body, many members. Mm-hmm. I got a guy that is so historical. Like he could, you just, I call out and I say, hey, hey brother. Tell give me, us tell context. us, give us a little context behind this. And he doesn't, you know, he's, he's that historical guy that just goes right to it. Like, and, and he knows it because I don't know everything. And I think also as we're talking in this group and this leadership and being together as one, we're in this together. You know, yeah, I'm just, I'm just facilitating. I, I'm just making sure that, Hey Lord, give me a topic for this week. Give me, give me what you want to, what you think we should speak about. And then giving people time to expound on that. So in other words, shorten my message down, like what one, two verses, three verses, an idea, and then give a little bit on it. What, you know, the Lord laid on your heart and then open it up for the floor. And man, I'll tell you what, it's cool to see the different people with different, you know, the different members of the body come in with just detail. And you're like, wow. And sometimes I'm blown. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so I heard a couple things. I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll group nerd out on a couple things you just said because there's Do principles yes. of, of group nerdery that are in there. <laughs> One of the principles that differentiate great groups and great leaders from lame ones is do you create space early on in the process of your group to verbalize expectations? Because Michelle, to your point, like some people want to go in and just get into scripture and learn and build a better foundation of scripture. Some people might go, I just want community and to be mm-hmm. known and to make friends. And so a lot, a lot of times what happens in groups is that there's low grade frustration and disappointment and mm-hmm. tension because of unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. And so a best practice that I saw great leaders do is early in the group process. And even if your group is met together for a year, taking time to just verbalize, what are your primary hopes of why do you, what's the opportunity cost? What are your goals of giving up 60, 90 minutes a week to come to this? Mm-hmm. And when people can verbalize their expectations and you can put them all on the table and then you can give language mm-hmm. to your purpose and the DNA of that group, that just frees people and it cuts through tension that's connected good. to unmet expectations. Mm. That's one best practice. Mm. That's you are so good. Yeah. The second thing you just articulated was the application of truth, not just learning of truth. 
And in most group settings, there's really three components towards a typical group meeting. Uh, You connect relationally. That's the like, hey, the social time beforehand. (laughs) And, And then you incorporate some type of learning. You open up scripture, you do a small group study, you talk about the sermon. And most groups connect, learn, and then leave. And you Mm. miss the DNA of growth, which is application of the truth in your own life Mm. in in the context of grace-based accountability, follow-up, prayer. And so uh, two two principles, best practices in that. In the connecting relationally time, all groups spend anywhere from five to 50 minutes, you know, going, hey, what's going on? How are your kids? Blah, blah, blah. If you, the point of that is to build trusting relationship to then incorporate learning and truth to then apply in this in the context of a trusting relationship. So plan a little bit with a thoughtful question that gets to the heart and mm. not works, sports, mm. whatever. Right. So just bringing in a thoughtful question of like, what's something you've been proud of in the past 60 days right. changes that connection time to a heart level to accelerate connection. Mm. Then you bring in learning and the key towards being a group that applies learning, Michelle, to what you were saying, mm-hmm. versus just like goes heady, feels good about themselves, and then goes home, is a question can make you make sure you transition from learning something into a personal application. Mm-hmm. And a question I like is to ask the question after you read scripture or talk about the sermon, mm-hmm. whatever, what faith step is God inviting me to take? So mm-hmm. you watch a you watch a thing about the chosen, you talk about what stood out, but then you ask. What faith step is God inviting me to take? Like what is, and that helps it move from the head to the heart. And that's where the richness of spiritual formation and growth happens in the context of authentic community. So that question to segue learning (laughs) is just another best practices that I saw great leaders do. I was like, how how does it always go to depth and actual application? They go, I just ask this question every time we like get in our heads about something. I love that. I like it. I like it. Yeah. No, I really love that. Yeah. Asking the follow up questions because we leave it open. And sometimes we're like, all right, does anyone have any questions? And I think we rely on our more. I always call them microwaves and crockpots. And I like to every once in a while when I'm in a new group or an old group, I haven't brought it up. I like to remind people. I'm like, some of us are microwaves. Some of us are crockpots. Some of us are different ones, depending on what we're talking about. But some of the people, they always have a thought or they're processing out loud. And some people, they don't say it as much, but they're thinking. And when you then you want to listen when they finally say it. So if there's an awkward silence, I challenge the microwaves to sometimes be like, I challenge you to wait for the crock pot to ding for a second. Give them a shot right. because sometimes they actually rely on the microwaves to just say it for them. And I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah. You know, like, no, no, no. And so we, uh, we, we get down to, to, you know, asking. And sometimes if you say, is there any questions? The microwaves got their questions and the crock yeah. pots are still reflecting. Right. But I like having the deep question right. that probably the crock pots are already at, at this point. And it it brings the microwaves down there to maybe slow them down a little bit. And then everybody's kind of thinking and and getting back on that same level. And that's something you learn over time. Yeah. Especially when you leave. Because you're like, okay, so what y'all think about this? And it's like, and then we we talk, we're like, we got to throw some questions in. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm like, all right, let's, right. Let's, let's think about some questions. So I've gotten a little better on questions. You have, you have, it's especially like, with the teens, because we yeah. also do I, I do the a teen, teen huddle. I, so I'm a teen ministry leader. So, but So can I yeah. practice asking, can I flip the script? and Yeah, and do it. Absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. I got a question. For each of you, what's one attribute of the best uh, facilitator of a group environment, like what stood out and you, cause y'all have had a lot of experience with different groups, good and bad, different communities, churches for y'all, what stands out that you're like, man, that, that made a great leader. And I got two other questions after that, but I want to hear from y'all. I might steal yours, but okay, just having sorry. that, that through it all grace, yeah. A leader that just has through it all grace. Even when I'm like, I don't think that deserved that much grace without some kind of words following it up, you know, but they, they are just oh, grace, grace, grace with loving instruction and bi- like, you know, biblical doctrine and everything. But that grace is what is what really stands. And out. I'm going to bring it into uh, an analogy or an application <laughs> because same, same idea, same principle. Uh, I, there's a there, there, pastor Shabelli, uh, one of our pastors from our affiliate church, mm-hmm. our bigger church, uh, was questioned one time. Somebody had come in. One of the pastors is driven by his house and he saw a bunch of guys out smoking cigarettes on the porch and somehow it got brought up. And then he heard that it got brought up and they were like, they're out smoking on your porch. And he goes, well, it's better than last week. They were doing heroin in the bathroom. <laughs> so that grace and that, you know, yes. that availability yeah. to be there for people where they're at. Yeah, um, no. I think that when I think of leadership, I, I don't, especially for me, I've, I've always had to take this step back and say, I just want to be that leader that has mercy. And when I was being ordained, one of the pastors told me, he goes, be, be a man who's known for mercy, not for judgment. And so a good leader to me is someone who has that mercy, has that grace, not afraid to speak in truth, but Jesus spoke truth and still had mercy and grace and love for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be my, you know, same, same kind of tag team on that. Yeah. All right. Next question. When you think of the best group that was just like it felt like life giving, whatever. What's it, What was an attribute or dynamic of that group in y'all's opinion or experience? Mm-hmm. I, I can go first. OK, so because I don't have I'm not as experienced in church and groups and a lot of different groups. Uh, but we just got through a 15 week course with men. Uh, I was like, man, men need to come together. I don't know. I'm going to get this book from a guy that wrote a book. And I said, there's 15 weeks. It's called identity. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the coolest things and aspects of that is when the men stopped being walled. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have all of them starting to pour out and being, you know, honest with themselves and not just this prideful puffed up, but this ability to all of a sudden be comfortable and share. And so to me, uh, that, that group is, is that com- being comfortable mm-hmm. where the walls finally break down and people walk in and they're like, you know what? I'm not ashamed to say that I'm going through it this week mm-hmm. or man, you know what? Phew, that just hit me hard, man. I'm not right with my wife, you know, and mm-hmm. I need. And, and so that is for me, the dynamic that I look for when I'm, I'm in a group. And you know what? Also ste- steeped in word. There's nothing wrong. Uh, you know, we're talking about love and grace and mercy and all this stuff, but we need the word to get to that point. So it's like, yeah. God, t- teach us and then being teachable. Yeah. Mine's so similar, but I'm using <laughs> our own group because I just truly love our life yeah. group. Just they're, they're really honest. They share their struggles. They will let the whole room. It's not like they pull somebody aside. Like they'll let the whole room know they're struggling with something and ask for how should I 
go about making this right? How can I do this like Christ? And then people come back with mm. biblical rooted answers. Not and a not lot of, us. you know, if it was me, <laughs> I would, or, you know, if I, you know, it, it's never about, well, if I did it, it's like, this is what the Bible says. Hey, check out this verse. Hey, isn't there something in the Bible that says this? So the same thing, just acted out in a different group. Right. So last question, then I'll reflect back what I heard you guys say. <laughs> and, uh, for a, a group member, you know, a, a Jesus, for anybody listening to this podcast who is in community trying to figure out this way of following Jesus, what is your hope for them that will come as a byproduct of their engagement in this community, this group, this re- these relationships? What, what's your hope of an outcome for everybody listening to this podcast? A stronger Christ-like Christian community around, I'll say the world, since we have listeners in a hundred different countries. Um, that's, that's my hope because so often you hear stories of people being hurt by the church, having low expectations of the church, having tons of complaints about the people and how they react, the fakeness, the pretending everything's okay, the masks, the, you know, the, the double mindedness, you know, the contradictions and, and all of that. You hear all of that. But then you hear that one person who counters all of it and says, well, in my church or in my Bible study, like, you know, when one of us was in the hospital, that whole life group, those are the people who were mm-hmm. there cooking the meals, watching the kids, walking the dog, remembering to pull the tomatoes off the vine. That's that's what I want for people, because it's one thing to have good doctrine. You need that. But you can find good doctrine with a group of people who love Jesus as much as you that feel safe around you. And I'm going to flip the other side because coming from a military background, <clears throat> I'm also about the battle. I am about the battle that we're in. I love Ephesians 6. I love everything that mentions putting on armor, trusting in God, knowing that you're fighting a battle. And one of the biggest things that I saw walking into the church was a lack of community, a lack of people coming together, a lack of people joining joining forces and arms together. And I'm sitting there coming from a military background of fighting wars and, and seeing wars and having brothers in Christ, or not Christ, I'm sorry, brothers in arms. <laughs> I'm so used to saying Christ now. It's like, okay, but brothers in arms. And, and it, we hung out together, broke bread together. We weren't even talking about Christ, but we knew each other. We knew our, our weaknesses and our strengths. We knew, you know, that, the, that we had an, a, an enemy that would come against us. And we knew that we had to be together in this. And then I carry this over into, into my Christian walk. And I'm like, hold up a second. It happened in men first. And then I, it happened in the congregation. I'm like, oh, we're in trouble. So we sought community for a long time. And we just kept praying and praying and praying because we are in a spiritual war. And if we're not coming together, if we're not coming into together in Christ and being built up in Christ and learning how to put on that armor together in Christ, because it's not my armor, it's God's armor. But how do we even get there? How do we sustain ourselves? How do we become, you know, strong in what we're, this is my passion, by the way, strong in what we're doing. We have to come together because we're in this together. The world, our flesh, the enemy is going to come against us. But we can't do this alone. Yeah, you can sit there and tell me all that. Well, I got Jesus. I got the Holy Spirit. That's all I need. I don't need community. And I'm going to say hogwash. 
hogwash. You need people that you can stand together with. So when you're low, they're up. They're, they got the word of God on their heart. When they go low, you got the word of God on your heart. And it's just a constant coming together and being edified and built up. Okay, now that's my soapbox. Preach box. it, Pastor Shane. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> To sum up what I hear y'all saying, which I would affirm and agree with and echo, that the best leaders, facilitators of relationships of grace are leaders who love with grace and with mercy and walking with through the mess. Mm. And that results in groups that are authentic and real to summarize what each of you said, openly sharing struggles, just a realness to it. Mm-hmm. And that results in a stronger community of brothers and sisters of Christ followers, which looks like servant leadership of caring mm-hmm. for each other's needs. Two thoughts about that. First of all, that seems to align with the New Testament Jesus's model. And so I would say, amen, let it be so for all of us. Mm-hmm. And what you guys just provided words for and a vision for in regards to amazing leaders, amazing groups, and the outcome and hope for all of us in through the, that community, which were designed to grow in the context of that community. The asterisk in this is that a lot of us um, have a couple checks in our head that we it's not worth the opportunity cost the the 60 90 minutes a week the sunk cost mm-hmm. to like be in community some of us are not in community we've had lame mm. groups that aren't worth our time and some of us are going i can't change the community i can't lead whatever i can't gather people in my life and create this community if if those of us listening took note of your synopsis of the opportunity to lead and the value of that mm-hmm. experience that discredits both of those lies that mm. because everybody listening to this can lead with grace and mercy in order to create an environment where you're walking with and loving people in order to result in a stronger fellowship that of serving and loving each other mm. you can do any of us can do that with the people in our lives And when we hear that, all of us listening, if we're not in community and we're at different degrees of loneliness and disconnectedness, I think all of us listening to what you guys just described as the body of Christ are like, oh, I want that. Mm -hmm. We long for that at a deeper level. And so I just say, I just reflect that to say, all of us listening, isn't that worth it? Like, Mm -hmm. That is that is what we long for, what we're made for. And that's a critical that's like the mortar of the body of Christ and so important. But when when group comes along or the connection event where you sign up to be in a community group and nobody's names there, because the opportunity cost of 60, 90 minutes a week, whatever, just isn't worth it because it's like whatever it is. And it's that, you know, that investment that results in what we're looking for. So. It, my encouragement is that all of us listen and prioritize community. Yeah. And I work with a lot of leaders and I would say the greatest differentiator of the men and women who finish the course and stay well, <laughs> stay the finish the course and finish well mm-hmm. as, as Jesus followers 
if there's a, a like I study and I'm a nerd about like what differentiates the ones that get derailed and don't finish well versus those that stay the course and continue in their formation and discipleship and Christ likeness. I think one of the greatest variables is whether they're intentional and consistent mm. with another person that they're fully known by. And and we can't do it alone and we're going to get taken out. And so we, any of us can do this. It's so worth it. And y'all's vision that you just articulated on leadership, community, and the byproduct of that is the gospel. And man, I, I'm encouraged to just hearing y'all say that because it was so spot on. Man, thank you humbly. I know, thank that, you. But, so I noticed something as we're going through this because I want people to understand what your ministry is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about True Face. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what you help provide in this step. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in putting these types of, of groups together, these studies together where people can grow together and come together. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Were those questions from some of the things that you do when you're, you're, you're talking to somebody, interviewing something? Is this just something that came on your heart? Uh, but how does you, that turn that your heart turn into True Face? Yeah, True Face is a 25 year old ministry um, that. And what we do is we develop grace-based relational discipleship resources to help people experience uh, communities of grace, to, mm. to go the 18 inches of from our head to our heart. Because there's a principle that only trusted truth transforms. Mm. Lots of ministries uh, teach truth. But when we trust truth, that moves it from our head to our heart. And a lot mm. of us have been Christians, know a lot, but we feel stuck. Like I've been doing the Christian thing for 20, 30 years. And it's like, yeah, but I'm longing for this water, this well of the spirit coming out of me to experience love of the father. And a lot of times like what's stuck is that I know truth, but I don't trust truth. Trusting truth is relational. And it's hard for us to apply truth in the context of relationships. And so that's why that's a, that's a, long-winded answer to that's why we develop grace-based relational discipleship resources to make it easier for you to experience and apply truth in relationship so examples of those resources we have a true face conversation it's eight conversations that shay and i shay and i meet we we want to be boys and it's like the no man's land of us liking each other and being connected <laughs> to becoming brothers is wrought with guys having no idea what to do and how to do that. Right. So we built eight conversations so I can go, hey, Shay, you want to do these eight conversations? Conversations, we watch a five minute video and we, we have three open ended questions that we talk about for 15 minutes. And after those eight conversations that we can do on the drive home from work every Tuesday, Shay and I are closer than most friends in my life because we, mm. we ask good questions. Uh, we have small group curriculum. We have uh, resources to train small group leaders around principles, not best practices that differentiate great leaders from lame leaders. And the essence of our ministry is this nine month group discipleship framework that sets uh, like if you line up 100 men and women who get grace and love Jesus, who want to pour their cup into others and make disciples and you say, OK, how's your disciple making going? It's terrible because we don't invest in, in what to do. Right. So I've spent about 10 years learning from groups of men and women doing this to capture best practices into a free resource that provides a framework over nine months to set up churches, individuals mm. to 
to make it more effective and intentional of how they can um, invest in others with a real level of depth. And so those are some examples of, mm. of some of the resources we, and most all of it's free. We, uh, we exist to serve the body of Christ behind the scenes. You can take all our stuff, steal it, use it. <laughs> Churches all around, we encourage that because we just want to serve the church to do this thing that's hard because Sunday's coming. We don't know what to do with groups, leaders, community, and Sunday's coming, and it's just hard for mm-hmm. churches. So we, we like to serve the church and individuals. Love it. Yeah, I think we've we've been spotlighting recently a lot of amazing ministries and resources. Right. And this is one that's just, these are life skills that you can take and run with in every area of your life. These are things that will benefit your family, people that you're dating, people that live in your neighborhood, people that you're in small group with, people that you serve with in another ministry, people you know that you lead with or strangers in your church just remembering some of these questions. And then when you sit down to get to know somebody who they're here for the first time, you pick one of the questions that is really good, not like super intimidating on, on moment one, but you know, like to show you're genuine, that you actually care, that you want to know this person and that you're willing to, you know, be authentic. And so the fact that it's free, there's really no excuse to, you know, grab somebody and start poking around true face and and look around and and see what to download and, and mess around with. Because I think that it's something that just in the conversation we had before the before this episode and now I'm like super pumped up encouraged <laughs> inspired blessed got all these ideas that we can already run with and right. I haven't even downloaded most of what's on well, the site and, yet and one that hits me was the discipleship because I yeah. think right now in society and what we're going through everybody wants it mm-hmm. but nobody knows how to break down that wall and get yeah. it like like in our life group actually last night yeah uh, one, of, one of our our young our people were like uh I don't remember when, when she said it, but it was about discipleship and she finally reached out to the older one. So she's been waiting for the older lady to come down and disciple her. And she's like, no, I, all of a sudden I felt like this, like maybe I need to make the first step. And so she made the first step. Now there's a connection because everybody wants it, right? It's just a matter of, of how can we connect it? And I like that you guys have a resource that would handle that. Yeah. Uh, and that that's the, tr- if you go to the True Face Life app, um, the, the, the eight conversations is the true face conversations that's free on the app, true face life on the app store. And then the true face journey is the nine month framework so that that person can go to that mentor and go, Hey, would you lead this nine month thing? It's just mm-hmm. like follow the process. And it's not, I'm a, I'm a picky person. I built this for myself. Cause I want, I've led eight years worth of these groups yeah. and it's not, fill in the blank prescriptive like bs like like mm-hmm. discipleship curriculum right. it's a framework that allows you to think of like create an environment that you can put your leadership your fingerprint your church dna mm-hmm. to your specific group of people and so it's that line between not prescriptive but capturing best practices and that's the true face journey or you, the true face. We have, we have a podcast, which I got to get you guys on that podcast, the true face. Oh podcast. yeah. So all that, um, in some of the principles into this, I'll give you two examples to give you an idea of principles baked into process, into mm. tools. Um, like having groups have a conversation around expectations is critical. Having groups have a conversation around culture and value to articulate 
the culture of the group of which what are our values or our rules you know rules mm-hmm. are bad but like if there's one rule that groups mm-hmm. function with mm-hmm. that that the great groups do if there's one rule i would say from studying hundreds of groups it's don't fix it's a culture that we don't fix each other mm. that is a, a principle that you can give words to to protect the tendency for us to go into fix it mode which mm kicks what y'all talk about in the shin and derails this community, this safe, this bring your stuff. So just verbalizing a value that we don't fix each other is a best practice that more groups do that. They've said this is valuable. Another one is is just um, for leadership development, the ability to ask questions is what Jesus modeled for us. And so many of us forget because there's a low grade thing that like teaching, answering, fixing is good leadership. And it's mm-hmm. the exact opposite right. for Jesus's model. The great leaders just ask follow up questions. So the power of that, the reminder of that is a principle that differentiates great leaders from lame leaders. And, you know, that that's just that's a couple examples of principles baked into these resources to equip the church to be more effective at creating environments of grace. Mm-hmm. I, I like that too. The questions because you gen- generally get away from the superficial answer, and so explain to me where that came from. How did that come? And and get them to dig a little deeper. And that's always something that's cool mm-hmm. to hear because usually you get somebody that just all of a sudden like lights up and gives something like it's like mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And what you just modeled is a second question. Mm. The first question is, "What do you think about this?" The second question is, "Oh, tell me more about that." Mm-hmm. You, what? That was an example, Shay, of a second question, which is where the power comes. And you modeled an open-ended question, not a closed-ended question. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, as, you know, counselors go through master's level programs at the art of questions for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. But then we say spiritual formation and growth happens in the context of groups. And we go, hey, you want to be a small group leader? Here you go. Do a group. And it's like, ah. well, this is discipleship. We need to right. slow down and take principles that you get masters in for the sake of change and things that are are less important. How can the church incorporate principles Mm -hmm. of change management through the context of relationships into best practices for us to be the body of Christ more effectively? That's a little like, no, I just, man, that just like shot something off. Cause I do the, the monthly men's breakfast Mm -hmm. and, and I, and I share, I I don't do it all the time. I'm like, Hey, I call out, I ask the Lord, Hey, who, who to speak. But now Mm-hmm. I just because I'm not the one speaking, I can be listening mm-hmm. and formulate oh, yeah. some questions mm-hmm. in case the questions don't come out. Right. And then start hitting people with the questions. Say, what do you think? You know, right. like, but hit them with some questions from what they just listened to. Ah, see, see? sparks, man. Sparks. See, these Let's go. are the things these are the, these are the brainstorms that you can need. get at trueface.org, <laughs> yes. I believe. Right. Yes. Trueface.org. Is that trueface.org? Or is it or? .com? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. I knew it was .org. So remember, everybody, trueface.org. We're going to have links in the show notes for this, for the app, for all the goodies so that you can go ahead and plug in as fast as possible. But thank you so much, Robbie, for being here. This was so fun. We're definitely having you back. Cheers, sir. (laughs) And as we end, I would like everybody listening to this to like and subscribe and share this podcast and give it five stars because... Amen. To stay in the game. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, brother. Thank you Appreciate so much. That. So do you. So you too. 
for everybody listening, patreon.com slash the pantry podcast. That'll definitely help us stay in the game. That'll <laughs> definitely help us stay in the game. Uh, but you could also go to the pantry podcast.com to download our seven day yeah. Jesus, not junk food devotional and get the full show notes for this episode. Courtesy, courtesy of awesome Josiah. And while he's on vacation, I guess awesome me. So until <laughs> next time, bye. bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.